the best. Yeah, I haven't watched this. Time to buy another one. Yeah, that's. I found myself on multiple occasions uh, just buying new shit rather than doing laundry. Yeah. Because, like, I have maybe 10 pounds worth of underwear and socks combined. I mean, it's probably more like 20 or 30 pounds combined because yeah. it's it clothes weigh a lot more than you think they do. Yeah, yeah. And what ends up happening a lot of the time is if I have to do laundry, which takes like a combined, I don't know, hour and 45 minutes or something. Yeah, per load. Per load, exactly. And I just say, fuck this. Yeah. I'm just going to go buy new shit. Yeah. That's... That'll save me so much time. Yeah. Like, for instance, like our trip to Evo this weekend. Yeah. I didn't have time to wash all of my socks and all of my underwear. So I just bought new shit from Target. Nice. And it was worth it. It was worth every penny. I've I've done that a couple of times, except for me, it was usually more like a, uh, hey, I'm running low on this stuff and... Even if I did laundry, I wouldn't have that much. So I'm just gonna like triple my stock, and then I and then I won't do laundry until I go through all of that. Mm-hmm. But then uh, at that point, then I just do it because like, eh, well, <laughs> got yeah. all this new shit that needs washing now. At a certain point, you just have to do laundry. Anyway. Right. My clothes are disproportionately arranged, so I have way more pairs of underwear and socks than I do of t-shirts and pants. But I also have, like, 40 pairs of basketball shorts. Uh And my shirts, the the amount of shirts I have, I actually recently threw out a bunch of them. But most of them, I have, like, seven or eight T-shirts now. Oh, wow. Versus, like, when I had, like, maybe 15 to 20 or something like that. Uh, Nikki once uh, was ragging on me for how many T-shirts I have. And then I counted... And it was somewhere in the realm of 50. Well, that's a lot of t-shirts. I also, <laughs> it's also mostly all I wear. Yeah, fair enough. Like, I, I, in my field, you know, you only need, at most, business casual. Unless you're doing, like, a dinner meeting or some shit. But that's not something that I was in the position to be doing. So, it's like, okay, meeting with clients, meeting with new employers, whatever. They expect artists to do business casual. And I do business casual rather well. Well, so, congratulations. I only need like four or five shirts for that because I only do that once every couple weeks anyway. Yeah, I have like one or two formal-ish shirts. I mean, those are those are shirts that I buy whenever I need to. Right. Like, I, I found myself at least recently throwing out a few of my collared shirts hmm. because it's like, eh, I, I haven't worn these since I've been on a fucking job interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I find myself getting rid of my collared shirts more often than my t-shirts because that's more likely to go out of style. Like a t-shirt's a fucking t-shirt. Like no one really cares. And like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not here to impress anyone if I'm wearing a t-shirt, but with like something more like a well-fitted button down or like a polo shirt or something like that, since styles have kind of, shifted more toward like more well-fitted you know more tightly fitted things you know my old stuff from like you know eight years ago well that was all like three sizes too big for today's standards 
it was fine back then because I guess that was more the thing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, so all that shit, it's gone. It's out of here. Yeah, my my closet is definitely disproportionately represented because it's like it's T-shirts and then suits, which I never wear, but I have a bunch of them. I have like 10 suits. Well, that's you should probably find excuses to wear them. Yeah, I, I used to go way more out of my way to wear them, and now I just don't. It's, I think it's because I have a girlfriend, and I'm not trying to impress anyone. Well, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Uh, well, welcome to this week's edition of Real Nerd Hours, your favorite slice of life podcast. Uh, this week, we're talking about clothing. Yeah, it's all wardrobe talk today. Yes. Oh, and Strap in Evo. for that. Yeah, of course, and Evo. And Evo. Uh, yeah. My voice is still slightly gone from that. Oh, mine is perfectly fine. and mm. preserved itself because I didn't end up actually doing anything all weekend. Okay, yeah, I don't think that's some shit. Well, mine yeah. was mostly from finals. And uh, yeah, that, that'll that knock you out real quick. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, I guess I, I can start with how my weekend went. It's a pretty short story. Yeah, here's a spoiler for you. I didn't see Denzel the entire weekend, despite my efforts. <laughs> yeah, you know, honestly, uh, so <laughs> this is an embarrassing thing to admit, but uh, as I found out from my doctor yesterday or this morning, probably this morning, but I actually managed to give myself gout. Nice. Uh, so when dieting, it's not as easy as not eating a bunch. Yeah. Uh, you actually have to, you know, my macronutrients and micronutrients, you actually have to go through and make sure you're getting all of those. It's not good enough to just say, all right, I'll take some supplements here. I'll take some supplements there. That's not good enough. Yeah. Uh, what you have to do is actually plan out every meal to make sure that you're eating at least about 2000 calories, despite the fact that you may or may not be hungry, uh, and, kind of go through go through life like that yeah and with something like gout i know that's also a highly genetic factor like uh yeah i mean i I know multiple people where gout just runs in their family so they just avoid beef in general yeah like they won't drink beer or whatever but yeah it's one of those things you don't know you're prone to it until you get it well so uh Yes, I'm pretty sure that I am prone to it, but I mean, I've never heard my dad talk about it, nor mm. my mom, but the thing is, it would have happened regardless of if if it's running in my family or not, ah. because, okay, so this is what I found out. Uh, one, high-protein diet will fuck your shit up. Yeah. Uh, most of the, the micronutrients that I was getting... Uh, Mostly protein Mm. or macro. I guess those are macronutrients. So I I was probably eating like two thirds of my shit was was protein. Okay. Um, And then everything the fuck else. I did as little carbs as possible. I went from eating like 
I want to say like close to like 4,000 calories a day, probably depending yeah. on how much beer I had. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Uh, beer, beer is dense. Yes. Quite, uh, down to about 1500. Okay. And that's I did that drop. for eight weeks or so. Okay. So something was bound to happen to me yeah. as it turns out. Yeah. And luckily it was just gout. So I couldn't walk for the entire weekend. It actually got to its worst point. As the weekend started. Oh, really? Yeah. I hadn't been really eating a lot of uh, beef. So things, more or less what I was eating was uh, chicken breast, basically for every meal. Yep. Eggs, uh-huh. uh, lettuce, spinach, and arugula. Okay. And that's really about it. Uh, and- with the occasional beer here and there, like on the weekend or whatever. Uh, maybe I'd have like a burrito if I was in a real big pinch and I was kind of hungry. Sure. But I wasn't getting hungry like I used to. Hmm. So like when I stopped eating carbs as frequently, what used to happen was like I would eat carbs and then be still kind of hungry afterwards mentally. Like, sure. I, I might be full as fuck, but like I'm still feeling kind of hungry. And like that hunger would carry through to the next meal or whatever. But like after I stopped eating a bunch of carbs, uh, granted, I still drank a whole bunch of them uh, when when the day would come, but I wouldn't be hungry. That's like interesting. I, I usually found the opposite from, but then again, I've never really like consciously cut carbs. It's just like if I have only chicken breast and a salad or and vegetables or whatever, and basically just have no real carbs, I would be hungry again. Like I would feel hungry again like half an hour later. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I just I just managed to I guess I got lucky. Yeah. For a while I was doing sub 40 uh okay. carbs a day. Yeah. And I mean most days it was zero, but a lot of them like even when I was having some carbs like I would go to Chipotle and get a little bowl or whatever. Sure. And like bell pepper and onion have carbs in it. I do like light black beans and no rice and shit. Mm-hmm. And that black beans of course have carbs in right, them. Right. But it would still come in sub forty for the day. Yeah, and those are still, you know, good. Yeah. I mean so. like, even brown rice isn't that bad, but you know Yeah. Foregoing that is even better for low carb purposes. Yeah, exactly. So I did a I did a whole bunch of work uh and it explains why I wasn't losing weight at the rate that I had expected to mm. because uh, then, like essentially my metabolism just stalled and <laughs> oh, wasn't producing shit. Uh, and my doctor basically was like, uh, if you were to have continued that and you didn't get gout or anything, you probably would have given yourself severe kidney damage. Ah, yeah. So I got lucky. To, so. to to a certain extent, I couldn't walk for the weekend, but I also found out that I need to actually be eating more. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, for all of those of you listening, if you're starting a diet, uh, probably... Guess you got to ease into it a bit. Yeah, you got to you got to ease in. You can't just start doing it one day. Mm. Um, yeah, cold turkey, or I guess hot turkey in this case. <laughs> You know, it it affects a lot, and you know, sometimes it's okay, and I guess sometimes it uh, really fucks with you. You know, like shit, drug addicts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm capable at least of uh, for dieting purposes. I can go cold turkey. Yeah, it 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 
is a testament to your willpower yeah. that you went from 4,000 to like 1,500 with I mean, no in between. So to be f- completely fair, I hadn't counted prior to switching. Sure. And that's, there is something to be said there, okay, but like the 4,000 is a lot. I'm guessing that's like on the high end for like the days that I was like really drinking a lot of beer. It's also like eating out. They tend to have their food be more calorie dense because they're cooking it in oils or butter and shit like that. Yeah. Like, I mean, there was, there was one place I, I enjoyed going to that's now closed the elephant bar. Uh, they had all of their calorie information on there and a dinner plate that I would eat. There was 1100 calories just on its own. And that's without a drink. That's without anything else. That's like just that one meal. That's 1100. So if you're eating things of that size or like, you know, multiple meals that are cooked in that fashion. Yeah. You can easily top 3000 without trying. Yeah. Without any effort, but you know, I still had a good time. No, that's good. (laughs) Yeah. I did a little bit of, um, working as it were (laughs) during, during the event. Uh, got some good ideas out and now I'm super ready to tackle some challenges. Uh, mainly a lot of, uh, a lot of food related stuff. Oh man. Did a lot of meal planning and oh, some, some content stuff for, for us, for all y'all head asses. Yeah. I think you guys are going to be like way into some of the things that I came up with while I was forcibly stuck to a fucking bed in Las Vegas on the plus side though, the AC in that fucking hotel room was kicking. Yeah. Like all the beds to be stuck in, not a bad choice. Yeah. Right. I could have been stuck here where there would have been like nobody to bring me food. Oh man. Uh, I want to shout out the gang for taking care of me as well. They brought me back food and like would bring me water and shit it was really kind of them when i literally could not put any weight on that foot (sighs) that's rough yeah so they and they bought me crutches so i could get around a little bit yeah it was super cool to them thanks gang yeah appreciate y'all those guys those guys are real nice yeah definitely i i really appreciated it i tried to stay out of their way as much as possible but like sometimes sometimes you know just didn't work out that way but they had a good time i had a good time it was it was really fun no i'm glad i'm glad i I just never ended up making it up to the room uh partially because uh so it went from basically thursday through monday and saturday afternoon my phone got water damage despite saying it's water resistant and despite me testing this theory before and it was fine every other time and this time it's like oh you got it a little wet sorry son yeah that sucks yeah and it was working like for like two hours after i'd taken it out of the pool and then uh it started showing me hey you're not you don't have a sim card in there i'm like oh you're you're being silly let me restart and then it just never came back on we got it to come back on afterward but it still wasn't reading the sim card and it would only start in safe mode so we'll see we'll see if we can get it to work samsung won't go near it of course they won't yeah fucking assholes yeah and their 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 contract and their clause on that 
is, uh, dare I say, more watertight than their phone. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> they have good lawyers and mediocre engineers. I'm calling you out, Samsung. Fucking assholes. But, uh, yeah, no, I still had a, I had a great time. But it was just, oh, God, it was a pain in the ass. So, basically, I was limited to the mercy of random chance, which was kind of fun in a way. Because I was staying at the Mandalay Bay, which was where Evo was held. Because it's where Evo was held. I wanted to be at the venue. It was real nice. But uh, because of that, you know, I, I had a pretty high probability of just running into people. And that happened quite a lot. And I dare say that's easier than trying to actually coordinate things. But, you know, when actually trying to coordinate things, not having a phone is difficult. Especially because, like, out of the room, I was the most well-connected person there. Like, I was the only actual FGC member with any history (laughs) out of my group. So it's like, oh, yeah, what should we do tonight? I don't know. I can't look anything up because my phone's dead. I mean, the one saving grace was that I had my laptop. So I could still, like, when I was in the room, I could still talk to people. But outside of that, it was just kind of up to random chance. But I did still have a good time. Uh, also, shout out to everyone who was there that listens to the show, which was more people than I thought. So, yeah. Oh, word. Shout out to my Mexico gang, to my Indiana gang, and everyone else in between. And, of course, the Arizona folks. Shout out to all y'all. Yeah. Hi, Obasu. Hi, Obasu. Uh, but, yeah, so Friday was when I learned that Denzel was fucking bedridden, but we went to, so, oh, allow me to back this up. So y'all remember us talking about Carding's Tambayan and how that's the Filipino place where they do karaoke and we, they shut down the whole place for us because they love us so much. Well, uh, that place got sold. So it's, it was closed over the last weekend while they're doing the transfer so we're like, yo, what the fuck do we do now? Like, what happened? Can we? Is there another place like this where it's a Filipino restaurant with good food, but is small enough to take a party this big and not really mind, but also has karaoke? Is there anywhere else in the Las Vegas metro area that fits all these qualifications? Well, apparently, uh, they got the phone number of the owner and like. People started texting her and they're like, yo, if the place is closed, where should we go? So then she recommended this spot that was owned by her niece. And they're like, okay, cool. Let's do that. And they looked up the address and they found this spot on Yelp. And it was a spot called Cafe Moda. And so they all go there. I haven't caught up with them yet. But they all go there and... They talk to the owners, and the place fits the description pretty much perfectly. This one's more more club-like rather than the other spot, which was more like a restaurant that just happened to have karaoke. This was more like it's got a dance floor. It's got, the lights are real dark, and it's got, like, disco balls and shit. That, but they also serve food. So they get in there, and they're like, hey, yeah, we talked to Ate Lin, and, you know, she, she recommended the spot. We called in. It's... 20-man reservation. They were like, who? Uh, we called in, and there's a bunch of us. They're like, how many of you guys? 
we can't fit you. Go go somewhere else. Like, but we we already talked. Like, we we what do we? They're like, okay, fine. If you really want to sit here, push together some table, and you know they like fucking make it work. But they're seated right in front of their main speaker, so you can't even have a conversation in there. And like, of course. The staff is already giving them attitude, and they're like, you know what? Fuck this. If they don't want us here, we can go somewhere else. We'll f- we'll find a place. So if we have to get food and karaoke separately, then so be it. But fuck this place. So now they're just going through Yelp, and uh, one guy one guy's searching while everyone else is kind of like, oh man, what do we do? You know, and he's like, well, there's a spot, Bropards. Across the street, that's right there. That's got good reviews on Yelp. And the guy that was making all the reservations was like, wait, Bropards? Yeah, yeah, it's this spot. It's like right over there. I thought that was high-level Filipino slang. (laughs) That's the spot we're supposed to be at. Oh, nice. And it's literally just across the street. So we basically went through, like my group that got there later, we went through basically that same sort of journey. And uh, yeah, Bropard ended up being super cool. Uh, the the owner there was equally as nice and serenaded Ash, and uh, it was it was a great time. And I'm sorry you could not make it, Denzel, because that food was banging. Damn, well rip. Yep, but we'll go back next year. Yes, provided that it doesn't get sold. <laughs> it probably will. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. They probably their summer numbers probably look so good thanks to Levin. Right. There's <laughs> one night like, wow, look at this spike. <laughs> oh my goodness, you're so popular. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's always fun going out to Vegas with those guys, yeah. especially when it's karaoke time. Yeah, shit's real as fuck. Oh man, that was the other thing. So. At Cardings, we would be the only party in there, barring like one or two other people that were there before us, right? But with Bropards, there were still other... With Cardings, what would happen is we'd call in advance and she'd clear out the building for us. Yeah, yeah. But with Bropards, they they didn't bother with that. This place is a little bit bigger and there were like probably three or four other parties there. And, you know, everyone's having a good time. It wasn't like we were interrupting anything. But goddamn, everybody that went out to karaoke was really fucking good. I mean, Levin and Clava are excellent singers. Yeah, definitely. But then there was this other dude, this big fat black guy that was also singing in Tagalog. Did they did they tell you his backstory? No. Okay, so apparently he was scouted to be like a gimmick act in the Philippines. No shit. Yeah, so he learned a bunch of classic <laughs> Filipino tunes. Into Tagalog, and he he was supposed to like have this big old record deal come through or whatever. Oh, he learned all these songs, but it all fell through. So now he sings at Filipino weddings. <laughs> ah, that's great. Yeah, that's great. Well, he had a great voice too. I, like, I was as shocked to hear him singing in Tagalog as I was to hear Levin singing in Tagalog. Yeah. So yeah, that was that was real fun. That was real cool, and. uh yeah, that was a good time. And then I also got invited to a house party by my boy Zerk from Miami. And it was a, a Smash player who was local to Las Vegas. He's like, yo, all these people are here at Evo. I'm only like five miles out. Y'all come out here if you've got nothing to do. 
So he had reminded me about it earlier in the day. So I was like, okay, well, since Bropard's is ending or winding down, it's only like midnight or so, you know, I'll swing by that party, say how it is, you know, say hi to the folks. And uh, yeah, so I, I took my group there and it ended up being smaller than I expected, but it was still kind of cool. You know, we got some drinks, met up with some people. There was one girl who used to date one of like San Diego's community organizers for the FGC. So she's like, oh, do you know unprotected sex? I'm like, I mean, yes, in multiple ways, but you mean, <laughs> you mean the guy. He calls himself unprotected sex. Yes, that is his, that is his handle. That's what's up. It's yep. a good handle. It is. And oftentimes tournaments will not like put his full name up on the stream. So they'll have him up as unprotected or I forget what other that's dope censoring. That's yeah. dope. Unprotected. That's a good name as well. Yeah, it's still not bad. <laughs> but yeah, uh, then the the host of the party offered me some weed and it was in this contraption that looked really cool. So I was I was like, why not? Basically it was a lighter and a pipe put together. So it like the flame goes up and lights the uh the weed all in a single container. So I was like, yeah, this is cool. Let me, let me try this out. And I ended up going much higher than I had planned. And I was fucking good to go. And that was, that was a good rest of that night. (laughs) Hooray. Yep. I took an Uber back to the hotel and held back vomit that entire ride because your man's was driving hard, but I was not in condition to open my mouth to say like, "Hey, you wanna you wanna take it easy there, buddy." Instead, I just kept my mouth shut as long as possible and made it up to the fucking drop off area. Opened that door, yacked straight on the floor, and I was good for the rest of the night. I got back to my bed, saw that thing, and I said, "Ooh, ooh you looking good?" Went face first. And then I woke up about seven, eight hours later. <laughs> well, vomiting's no good. It was one real quick little bleh. And then I was fine after that. So I, I don't really know what caused that because I didn't feel... Well, I'm sure it was just the car because I didn't feel sick at all until he started driving real hard. But Hard man driving. Yeah, I mean, you know, out here drifting up the highway ramps and shit. Well, okay, it wasn't that bad, <laughs> but you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel you. Yeah. Then the uh, the rest of the weekend was relatively chill, especially compared to that. You know, still went out and drank a bunch, gambled a bit. I went perfectly even up until I was right about to leave. And then I was like, I can lose 15 bucks. And then I did. Well, I mean, it's only 15 bucks. So I'm not I'm not upset about that in the slightest. But, you know, I could have been I could have been up 20. Which again, okay, it's twenty bucks, and then I went even, and I went ever, ever so down. I think Ash won like two hundred something, nice. and Clava won like eight hundred something. Nice, yeah, fucking crazy. It's that eighty-eight, eighty-eight treasures. Oh yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, that's. Um, I don't know if it was that exact one, but it was one of the Chinese themed ones that was the first slot machine that I ever went up in the slightest. And which was largely because 
two people had dumped a bunch of money into it before I did. I was the third person to hit the machine, and then I almost instantly got a bonus. And then I wonder what slot machines are like. Because you're not allowed to look at the programming of any current slot machine. No. And I don't think you're allowed to look at any of the software from the old ones either. There, but you can find it. There is some. And there was a, uh, I think it, w- it was two Russian guys. I heard about this last year sometime. That they found some of the software on that. And they systematically would go to slot machines that were about to give big payouts. And they, they were, you know, it was like a hundred dollars here, $200 there. Not like the big ass jackpots. Cause those are extremely random, but you know, they would consistently win moderate amounts. And so they, they got, um, they, they got caught eventually cause it was just too, convenient you know and it was very specific the ones that they would hit and apparently they were like live streaming over to russia and then they were like crunching the numbers of the machines that they were watching and they were able to predict within you know like 10 spins of when it would hit a reasonable jackpot and i don't really know how they manage that but I want to know. Yeah, same. Uh, it's probably more obfuscated now. Yeah. Uh, there's a good chance that the random number generation, because all random number generation isn't truly random. Right. It's probably set up like the date, time, how much you're pay- paying, yeah. what the maximum bet is, and things of that nature. Because yeah. I sat and watched people play all weekend, or at least a portion of the weekend, mm-hmm. and... It seemed like if you were doing max bet and you also came in with a lot more money, you were more likely to win. Well, part of that is because, you know, when you max bet, there's a multiplier on it. So, like, if you're playing, you know, the bare minimum. So, say there's a possibility of 50 lines and you're playing 20 lines with no multiplier. Even if you win, you're not getting as much. But with the max bet, when you're playing 50 lines with, like, a three times multiplier then, yeah, you're more likely to win in the first place. And then when you win, you win bigger. But I do think it does affect the RNG beyond just that. I do think it takes some of that into account. So like, oh, you're coming in with $10 on this machine. Okay, you know, here's a little something to keep you going, but you're not going to win shit. Yeah. Unless you get really lucky. A small amount to keep you playing. Yeah. They may take you right back up to where you started. That was what happened to me. Right after I broke even, there was another machine that I wanted to play because it was uh, lobster-themed. And I think I was wearing my lobster shorts as well. So I was like, well, I gotta. (laughs) And, you know, I'm going to do one spin or until I go down. So I put in 10 bucks, And I, I spun once, which cost 60 cents. One back 60 cents. And just cashed out immediately. I said, that's my one spin. I didn't go down. We're good. (laughs) (laughs) I spent $5 on a slot machine after we had left the Palms Buffet. Ah. They recently renovated the Palms. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It looks so much better than it used to. Cool. It used to look like complete dog shit. Yeah, that's kind of, yeah. <laughs> now it looks like modern dog shit. Well, that's good. <laughs> uh, they have this, like, shark 
separated into like three tanks oh, above yeah. a bar. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. actually kind of cool looking. And I took a picture of the sign that they have in neon in their uh, lobby mm. that says, wish you were here. Yeah. And it's like a really cool, like kind of weird piece in that building. Because I mean, one of the things that I've noticed in Vegas is that not a whole lot of shit in their matches. No. And it's really weird because they've got like these ostentatious slot machines, this really shitty carpet, these weird chairs that don't seem to go anywhere, and like so many other pieces of decor around the room. But like, you'll find like a little oasis, like this one bar sitting in the middle of the palms that actually matches, like that has everything going well together. I I'm sure there are reasons for a lot of the uh, non-matching elements, but what I always love is like there are a lot of hidden hallways within these large casinos and hotels. So a lot of the places that don't get that high traffic look really fucking cool. There's one spot in the Luxor where like if you if you enter through kind of the back to get to the buffet. There's no one there. And it's just like this hidden little bar. And I, I think there's a club that's there, but it's you know probably only open late at night. So when I was there and during the day, this was a couple of years ago. So when I was there during the day, there was absolutely no one there. It was super quiet, but it just looked really cool. And there's a lot of stuff like that, that, you know, because they're the lower traffic areas, you're probably not going to see them. It's just, you know, when you're out on the floor with the slot machines, it's the shitty carpet and everything's loud and smoky and they don't give a shit because it's going to get spilled on, cigarette burns, all kinds of people tracking in dirt. So, yeah, 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 I definitely understand that. I was definitely smoking indoors when I could. Yeah, that's one of the few things that I like to do. <laughs> it's really weird. I just enjoy smoking indoors. Oh, yeah. We had another guy with our group. That was doing the same thing. Like, I, I always forget that he even smokes at all. Mm-hmm. And he's out here just burning them up just because he can. Yeah, yeah, I don't smoke outdoors when I'm in Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Only inside. Yeah. <laughs> Where the air conditioning is. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, do what you can when you're popping. Yeah, right. Got a little pack and I'm on these crutches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, beyond that, I guess finals, that was real cool. Uh, shout outs to Super Noon, shout outs to Nokami. And I, I don't know anyone else out there personally. Nokami, I just met this weekend. He was a really cool guy, one of the most humble players of his caliber. But Kizzy K was friends with him. They were, I guess they were training partners in Dragon Ball and stuff. Kizzy K got ninth, shout outs to him. He was real close to making top eight for Guilty Gear. Uh, and then Nokami got fifth in Dragon Ball. Those two are real cool guys. And, you know, give me faith in the, the quote-unquote famous FGC. Because a, a lot of the dudes have been famous. Kind of dickheads at times. Uh-huh. Easy to talk to, but damn, will they forget you. Really, really weird incident uh, over the weekend. I saw on f- Thursday night, I saw L.I. Joe walking around the lobby oh, okay. of the Mandalay Bay. Yeah. And sometimes, like, I don't really 
say a whole bunch to people. I just either like point at them or like wave. Sure. And he, I like, I wave at him because he sees me. He's like looking at me before I'm looking at him. Oh, okay. And so I look at him and I wave and he comes over and he shakes my hand and bows and he says, <laughs> thank you. Uh, and I don't say anything to him. I, All right. Like, I don't say, well, it was really a weird situation and he just walks away. Okay. Uh, yeah. Very, okay. very odd, but not, seems like an okay guy. Yeah. I no, I, I've only talked to Eli Joe in passing and by all accounts, he's a very genuine person, a real cool guy. So shout out to him. But that's some yeah. of the, some of those guys can be real up their own asses. Yeah. I don't, I don't care for internet celebrities. I mean, I I treat a lot of those people the same way I treat anybody else. And you can tell who thinks they're hot shit based on who they're hanging around. Yeah. The folks that get money really quickly within the scene are more prone to be dickheads. Because, like, I mean, I, I've never formally met Sanford Kelly, but I was talking with him. I, I, I don't even know the name of some of the people that I was talking with. But, you know, we're just standing around watching the games. But then, like, I've been big-timed by Filipino champ, even though, like, my crew has beaten his crew in past engagements. So it's like, yo, are you really out here to be big-timing like that? Come on now. Well, so is it big-timing or is it just that he doesn't like talking to strangers? No, no. He, that for In this specific instance, he was definitely big-timing me because uh, this was at SoCal Regionals. Uh, at the end of last year or whenever that was last year uh, I wanted to play him in Marvel Infinite Casuals because it was just when it had come out and um, basically he said no like he was letting other people other known players play him but I couldn't oh that's not like alright fuck you then <laughs> oh that's not that's fucking shitty yeah like that was <laughs> I had interacted with him plenty of times before. Yeah. Like, like I said, my crew has beaten his crew. My crew has beaten him before. Yes. I haven't. I'm not the best player out of my crew. He's the best player out of his. Yeah, yeah. So, fuck him. Uh, but, like, a lot of the other people, they'll just talk with whoever, you know, if you have something to contribute. And, you know, they, we're there. We're all part of the same community. Like, there's no reason to be an asshole about it. But some yeah. of the players that have this sense of fame well now you're all peasants yeah man and it's like not to be that dude but you know what it is by now it's fucking fighting games yeah, yeah. it's not even like the mainstreamest of the mainstream That's shit insane. it's fucking fighting games and you still got people arguing like that they should be able to call you the n-word oh at God. the fucking at the fucking table or whatever yeah. while y'all playing it's like get your shit together dog and like mike mike ross is like so <laughs> emblematic of like how that community seems to me just like a bunch of sour ass dudes who are mad that the community got as big as it did. Yeah. But Mike Ross was the only one with the integrity to actually leave because yeah, he, he was upset about it. Yeah. A lot of a lot of the personalities just kind of went with the flow. Mike Ross did not want to deal with that. He just 
Yeah. But he came back and got 17th in Guilty Gear. Oh, was that this year? Yeah, that was this year. I ran into him. I didn't say anything because I didn't want to... I, I wasn't someone who really knew him before then, so I wasn't going to bug him. I talked to James Chen a little bit because we were in a Discord server together. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, he was there. And that was before I knew he was entering. And, you know, he's on his Childish Gambino swag right now, looking like Gambino from the This Is America video. Oh. Pretty much that level of homeless look. That's what he's rocking (laughs) right now. (laughs) That's what's up. Well, I mean, like, I'm sure... I'm sh- I'm sure he doesn't really appreciate where the community is right now. No, and I and think I think basically my issue with the newly quote unquote famous players, I think that's even more emblematic of that because back then it was back in his day, especially like before I was even involved, it was much more raw and you know only the top top players would have any real beef or any like any sort of notoriety no one was doing this to get famous they were doing it to get the to be the best it wasn't even for the money that was what money matches were for but yeah now there's like with all the sponsors and all like the weird esports shit that go along with it i think that's also what's causing these players heads to get inflated because it's like people who are famous in the community they're still cool people who are rich or like high profile sponsored players they're the assholes yeah and you know it's not on espn anymore no so and it was bounced for fucking overwatch yeah so i mean what's that really tell you dog like it may be popular on twitch it didn't break like two hundred thousand views at once. I don't think. Uh, for Dragon Ball Finals, it did. It did. Yeah, okay. it peaked. I think at like two fifty. Okay, but that was the most watched. It was its first year. Yeah, you know, it's. I mean, yeah, you know what it is. It's fucking fighting games. Yeah, dog. like like don't get you don't get so far up your ass about it. You're not. You don't have power like that. You may have power in the community to move around how you want to, but in real life, you don't have that. Right. You're not going to do anything that anybody in a comparable sport has been able to accomplish. You're, you're, let's say, let's say you're, um, the super rookie. Fuck it. I guess he's not a rookie anymore. Sonic Fox. Oh yeah. If you're if you're Sonic Fox, you're literally like you've proven yourself to be the best at multiple fighting games year over year over year. Mm-hmm. Like you're not you're still not on the same level as like a J.R. Smith. Yeah. Like, he's not even the best player in the NBA. He's Sonic Fox is the highest paid player out of all fighting games, largely because he wins so much. Yeah, he was basically unstoppable. And while his reign was comparable to that of Justin Wong, there's just exponentially more money in it now. So Yeah. 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 So I I have an idea of his funds, including like sponsorships and stuff. I mean it's it's nowhere near a known football player, basketball player. It's not even I mean, close. it's not even close to like a mid-tier of any of those guys, right. right? Like his his he might have social media. Like even if you look at somebody like Ninja, right? Like yeah. Ninja's the most popular person 
in video games on the internet, like yeah. objectively. Yeah. He makes the most money. He he's out here. He's got it going on. Mm-hmm. And he's not that popular. Right. He's not part of the pu- uh, the public consciousness. Now for I'm sure for a lot of these fighting game cats all they want is to be well known in the FGC and it doesn't matter going beyond that. But as somebody who's from beyond that, who also isn't shit, it's, <laughs> it's bothersome to me when somebody gains like an attitude over just, I don't want to call them meager, but like accomplishments that ultimately don't mean all that much. Well, yeah. I mean, yes, there is a high amount of prestige within the community for winning, you know, these big tournaments like Evo. But it's only it's only within the community. Like to the world at large, you still ain't shit. Yeah. Know? Sonic Fox can walk down the street barring the fursuit. Most people aren't going to recognize him. Yeah. Justin Wong can walk down the street. And people aren't going to bother him. Like, I I went to Evo this year with a bunch of total new newbies. Like, they had no idea about any fighting games. And I was just pointing people out left to right. Because, like, I, I've been in this community. I watch this shit. I know all these players. They have no idea, like, who's what and what's where. Like, if I talked about infiltration, they're not going to know, oh, probably best street fighter from Korea. Like, maybe not right now, because Verloren and NL are also kind of popping. But then I have to explain who Verloren and NL are. I should have prefaced a lot of what I said by saying, like, fame doesn't mean shit to me. Oh, yeah. And it, like, being famous literally means nothing. Like, if I don't give a fuck about what you do or what you're doing or what you have done, then you're just another person to me. Yeah. Like, it, the only there are only a handful of people that I've ever, like freaked out about meeting and they're not part of the public consciousness at all (laughs) so i mean like have fun with your little fighting games or whatever (laughs) but if you don't if you're if you're passing me some sort of like sly attitude because you think you feel like that I, i should know who you are like nah dog yeah get fucked yeah get out of here you're not you're you're effectively no one to me yeah like it does it doesn't matter what you've done with your time it doesn't like it it just it doesn't and i think that's generally the attitude for a lot of these you know known players except for the guys that have sponsors clamoring over them and they're getting the all kinds of yes men and like i think you know that that's what's tainting their attitudes more than anything else and then filipino champ's just an asshole dog when when you have people paying attention to you in ways that they had never done before like especially people with money wanting to give you money yeah that's a whole new experience yeah it's different from like having girls wanting to talk to you for the first time it's different from like having strangers wanting to talk to you that can offer you nothing it's these are people with money who want to give you money that are ultimately trying to fuck you, but well, like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's another story for another time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Guess to your head, but it was a good time overall. I'm glad everyone came out. Glad you had a good time, Denzel. And yeah, as always, 
I highly recommend going to Evo, even if you're not into the FGC. Even if you're not in fighting games, worst case scenario, you're in Vegas with friends. What could go wrong? Yeah, I agree. It should be a good time. It is. It Yeah, Vegas. There are certain people who have like time limits for Vegas. Don't spend more than 72 hours in Vegas, 48 hours, 24 hours, depending on who they are. But Evo supersedes that in a yeah. way that is worthwhile. It's it's a lot of fun. You're not there for Vegas. You're there for Evo. Right. And but then when you're not paying attention to Evo, you can you can still get in your Vegas time. And because it's broken up, I think it, it makes it less shitty. Because I've done just Vegas trips. And yeah, 72 hours, I'm good. Like If I had to spend a week out on the strip, oh, I would be exhausted and just have a headache by day five. Just no. Yeah, I agree. Not It's not worth it. Outside of like specific events. Right. When you come with something in mind that you're going to be doing, it's a lot better. Yeah. Uh, I guess I should do a quick movie update. Oh, yes. Saw Mission Impossible 6. How was that? It was cool. All it was right. cool. It wasn't as good as the last two. Okay. But it was fucking good. Cool. They The thing that they do with those movies better than a lot of other movies is the practicality of a lot of the effects. Uh, it's not 110% practical, sure, but like some of the shots that they get during like helicopter chases or whatever, and Tom Cruise like falling off of shit, mm-hmm. doing dumb shit. <laughs> like a lot of it's like really fucking cool. Okay, and I really appreciate it. No, right. it's, it's a good movie. The story is pretty predictable from the jump. Like you know exactly how it's going to go. It doesn't really matter. Right, and it's it's worth seeing though like cool. i mean it's probably out of theaters at this point has is it it's probably been like two weeks a no week? so it should still be in theaters okay yeah in mo- yeah. like large theaters at least yeah it should be it should still be around i guess uh worth watching check cool. it out check it out all right oh other other news uh today there was a nintendo direct we're recording this on wednesday and they dropped a fucking uh, motherfucking Trevor Belmont. Or no, Simon Belmont. And Richter Belmont for Smash Bros. And King K. Rool. Okay, those are the like... the Okay, so Simon Belmont was the protagonist of the first two Castlevanias. Richter was the protagonist of the fifth and sixth. And then was also a little bit in the seventh. But uh, yeah, they look cool, and I'd kind of been hoping for their inclusion for a long time. I think back in Brawl was like the first like whispers of that, like oh, oh, Simon Belmont would be cool. Yeah, and then King K. Rule. I'm kind of surprised they hadn't put him in yet. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that. I always thought it was King Cruel. I, I think you can say both, really. Okay, you know, King Cruel, King K. Rule. It's written as K. Rule. But it's definitely meant to be cruel. Okay. So, well, that's legit. Yeah. I, I, I'm. Oh yeah, I also got to play the game at Evo, and oh. it feels good. You know, it's kind of a mix between the last three games, so Brawl, Ult, or Smash Four, and uh, Melee. So you've got like the directional dodge. It's faster. 
but it's not it's not melee speeds. And uh, I expect good things out of it. I will probably pick it up, and I'm probably also only going to main guest characters because that's more of who I'm interested in, like the Belmonts, like Ryu, like Cloud. Fuck them. <laughs> but I also play a million characters in that game, so I don't know. So I'm excited for that. Huzzah! Yeah! Yes, let's get into questions from the subreddit, reddit.com slash r slash real nerd hours. Putty1 asks, what's your favorite episode of Drake and Josh? The one where Miranda Cosgrove grows up and gets her own TV show, and then she's got this cute friend, and they both are over age of 18, <laughs> and yes. Yeah, my answer is going to be along the same lines of uh, the one where Dan Harmon is uh, creeping on all of the female members of the cast. That's yes. my favorite episode. <laughs> <laughs> I did not watch that show. Uh, yeah. Juice Campbell asks, do either of you have a collection of odd or cool things, whether it's stamps, baseball cards, waifu figurines, Funko Pops? Do you guys collect anything? Have you ever collected anything? I've got an extensive magic, extensive magic card collection. Yo-yos. Yeah, I've got a couple of figurines, but I, seriously, only a couple. I have sunglasses, watches. I used to collect movie posters. That's about it. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I really only collect experiences and <laughs> not things. Just kidding. Uh, shoes and yo-yos for a while. I try not to collect shoes anymore. I still have a few pairs from when I was 20. Uh, ones that I don't wear very often that still look fucking good. Gee. But, yeah, uh, I try not to spend too much money on things anymore yeah that was basically the issue with me when it came to collecting stuff because like most collectibles have no function so it's kind of hard to justify going out of your way to spend money on something that does effectively nothing for you that's part of why i don't have many figurines you know like i've got i think six and that's about it Whereas, you know, I know some people that are approaching a thousand. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Your friends that live close by to here. Yeah. They have a ton. Yeah. But they they sell those. So it's not so bad. But like they keep a bunch of themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They just flip them or do they run a store? I think they run a store. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. But I don't think it has like a, a physical location. Yeah. yeah. And just a web store or whatever. Yeah. I think I, I'm not actually sure how it operates. I never bothered to ask. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> Rillarilla asks, did y'all hear about the booing for the Smash 4 finals? Both the players stalled for two minutes, standing in place, giggling to each other until a staff member came up to them, pointing out that they actually have to play the game. Yo, what the fuck is that shit? I'd boo two and walk out if the grand finals for my game was that trash. Any thoughts on the worst grand finals ever seen at Evo? On a totally unrelated note, what do you feel about collusion in the FGC? And then he's got a link. Timestamp to the uh, to the stall. 
And uh, yeah, I had heard about that, but I didn't actually watch it until until this question. So thank you for that link. And yeah, that is some bullshit. Like I, I think there was four bayonetas in top eight for Smash Four, which is already a bad sign. Like that level of character, <laughs> that's just boring. Uh, but then of course it was two bayonetas in grand finals. They were all, they also had already played in winners finals, and I saw that match live. And holy shit, Bayonetta needs to be banned. God damn. I didn't realize she was that bullshit until I saw her playing and fuck Bayonetta. But, uh. Well, for the longest time, I've always thought that Nintendo never gave a fuck about Smash and maintaining it. Oh, yeah. Not, not in a competitive sense. Absolutely not. Yeah. So it's up to the community to kind of gauge that. And the worst part about that is like when people make clones of the games, the game itself. Yeah. Those clones don't really go anywhere ever. Yeah. I mean, the the biggest mod between any community is Project M, which is a brawl mod to make it more like Melee. And that was kind of cool, but it's a very niche sort of game. It's for brawl players who wish they were playing melee. <laughs> melee players just play melee. They don't, they don't fuck with project M. Like they'll pick it up or whatever, but they don't, they're not serious about it. And then smash four players are playing smash four. They don't care about project M because they don't want to play melee. So it's a very unique cross section that plays project M. As for my thoughts on those grand finals, it was funny to me looking back on it, but if I was there alive, I would be a little, I'd be pretty upset about that. Like they made a mockery of your game. And these are basically the two best players in the world right now. Cause that was grand finals at Evo. Like odds are they're the best players and they basically just gave a big fuck you to that community. Yeah. And that's some bullshit. That sucks. That really sucks. Yeah. But whatever, fuck it. Smash is full of D-Gens anyway. Yeah, I mean, if you're taking Smash 4 super seriously, like, I don't really know what to tell you, man. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's on you, buddy. Yep. Uh, on the collusion note, I don't actually care. I, I like, if I were a TO, I think I would... Be, be more upset about it that's a tournament organizer I, I would care more but as a competitor i don't i don't care if you want to forfeit your game to your friend like that's your money that's your chance at winning like i, yeah. I don't care i mean it makes for like really shitty competition yeah it doesn't it's like not fun match fixing isn't fun mm -hmm. and if you're in it for the purity of like the sport the reason why it's a big deal in like larger professional sports is because of the gambling from the outside aspect right uh but for the fgc i don't know that there are many odds makers out there no. putting together numbers for matches no like you don't want it to become like a habit or anything right but I don't really have that big of a problem with it. It doesn't really make that big of a difference to me. And it, yeah, as it is, it's not an issue with me because it's really not a problem for the community on the whole. Like, 
I can't think of any notable instances outside of the Chris G collusion thing that kind of like started this whole thing. But that was what happened. Um, it was Fnatic and Chris G were both sponsored by AGE Afterglow Electronics or after whatever those guys. Um, and Fnatic was winning, but Chris G had a better shot at winning the tournament. So Fnatic threw the match and it was kind of obvious and people were pretty upset about that. It was also streamed, which certainly doesn't help, but yeah, that, that sparked some controversy, but I think that was even, I'm not even sure if that was ultimate Marvel three. That may have been vanilla Marvel three. So this was in 2011, maybe 2012. So it's been a while since there's really been any big scandals that I'm aware of. So I don't really see any issue overall plaguing the community. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. And with, with how random some of these games are, it'd be really hard to tell if someone was throwing a match anyway. You know, in Street Fighter, if you're up against an Abigail or a Balrog and you give away one bad crush counter, that can be the round right there. Yeah. So how, <laughs> how are you to say like that you're throwing if you just got hit by two mix-ups, right? Yeah. So yeah. Abigail should be banned. Abigail's ridiculous. That fucking guy sucks. Abigail. I fucking hate Abigail. <laughs> but he didn't. He only got. There was only one in top eight. I was surprised. Problem X didn't play Abigail. In Did top Problem eight. X take it? Yeah, yeah. Problem X won. Good for with him. Bison. Yeah, good for him. Also, yeah, wow. shout out to the Black FGC coming up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I was uh, I was pissed because on Sunday night of the finals I had realized that there were no more Americans left oh, uh, during yeah. Street Fighter. Yeah, and yeah. I was just like, man, fuck this. I'm not watching this bullshit. <laughs> I was real surprised Cool Kid was the lone American representative. Like Cool Kid's legit and you know, don't don't get me wrong there, but I wouldn't have put him as top American player. Well, I, I mean don't think he, he would just, either. He probably he probably just got yeah, into a lucky pool, I guess, yeah, to make he, it as know, far. Sometimes you just have a good weekend. Yeah. I mean you know, I don't know You have to like in order to make top eight, you have to beat killers. You have but, to be very good, yeah, but like at the same time you could have an easier time than others right like yeah and 10 years ago if you were going through pools and you had fucking wong yeah and like infiltration yeah and some whoever the fuck else was a killer back then k brad if you had them all on your side of the bracket yeah you were fucked pretty much yeah but if you have like some dude from the midwest who's like pretty all right and some dude yeah, from san yeah. diego's pretty all right like you you're probably just gonna yeah, make it a can, little bit you further. Can do pretty well. Yeah. And yeah, I, I also didn't mention how I did in tournament at all, and I definitely said I would elaborate upon that on this episode. So I'm gonna do that now. So I entered Marvel Infinite, Dragon Ball, and Street Fighter, and I did surprisingly well in just about everything. I did. I actually thought I was gonna get a little bit farther in Dragon Ball, but I just don't care about that game enough to really practice it. So I went, I got fifth in my pool for Dragon Ball, fifth in my pool for Street Fighter. That was a fucking shock because I don't play Street Fighter. I'm not very good at Street Fighter. I don't have the patience for Street Fighter. And I just knocked out four people. I, I was fully prepared to go 0 2 in that game. Uh, similarly, with Marvel Infinite, 
I had played at Pasadena Regionals and kind of got a bad draw, and I ended up going 0-2 there. And then I got 33rd at Evo. Oh, cool. So, suck a dick. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. And even the guys that beat me, it was... There were good matches. They were pretty close. Uh, so, yeah. It's just a shame that I, I don't really have people to play with. Otherwise, I think I really could have done quite well there. So, But, you know, you know, it is what it is. I had a good time, and I'm, I'm happy with my placements overall. And, you know, on to bigger and better. I got top 64 one year. Got top 48 another. It's time to make top 16. So we got to do it. It's- next year next year i gotta make top 16 and something uh there's got to be a new fighting game coming out and i will get good at that there you go and then i will fail to make top 128 in it there you go and give up perfect (laughs) (laughs) that'll be my fighting game career in a nutshell perfect Uh, you know i hope fighting ex layer takes off because i enjoy that game or at least what i've seen of it i haven't actually gotten my hands on it yet but I have a feeling it's never going to be much beyond a side game. Fair enough. It happens. <laughs> Samurai Jack the Face Ripper asks, Negan is in the new Tekken season pass. What the fuck? <laughs> <sighs> Who yeah. the fuck knew that was coming? No one. Harada-san, I guess. That's it. Also, I'm suing Harada for stealing my look for Lei. Uh, <laughs> okay. Because you wear cargo pants and knee pads frequently? Yeah, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know my life. <laughs> Portuguese Charlie asks, What do you guys think about people like Xavier Woods and Kenny Omega who are famous for their wrestling work but are present at many fighting game events or video game events such as Evo e3 ceo etc i for one am glad they bring much needed attention to certain video games such as fighting games and it helps that they're actually good at them i also remember you guys not being fond of the wrestling fan types mixing with the video game communities but i don't think all wrestling fans are racist fat rednecks and the more people are hyped for games the better looking forward to some evo talk on the show peace Look, I'll be 100 with you. I don't think all wrestling fans or a lot of wrestling fans are fat, racist rednecks or whatever. (laughs) But, like, once you get out of, like, big cities, it starts to get a little bit shaky. Yeah. When you're you're up in uh, Boonesville, Alabama, I think you know what to expect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's cool that they're bringing attention to it. Um, The only issue that I think can be presented in terms of how that looks is like wrestling is just as dorky as playing fighting games. (laughs) These guys might be like in really great shape and like actual athletes, but it's still just as dorky. Yeah. You're not wrong there. You know, it's not like the wrestling fandom is that different of a cross section than video game fans. Like it might bring in more fighting game fans, you know, people who wouldn't have been into that, without their help but yeah it's not that different i will say however uh stuff like the terrell owens De'Aaron fox match that was at e3 for dragon ball fighters 
that's going to bring attention from people who absolutely would not have been into it yeah. otherwise. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and it, we've been seeing stuff like this for kind of a while now, like with um, Terry Crews has been doing some gaming stuff, Snoop Dogg, you know, various late night hosts. You know, there's, there's a lot more attention on fighting games and video games in general these days. Yeah. And I, I don't really see the esports or mainstream attention. I don't see that as a negative. I know some people do, but more attention on your hobbies, more money in your hobbies is almost always a good thing. Masters of Scientology says, no question this week, but a dating suggestion for Denzel. Check out Barrel Republic if you haven't already. You can serve yourself however much you want from a few dozen beers and you're charged by volume. It's a cool dating spot to try several different beers together. Downside is you'll have to deal with the PB hooligans. Oh well. Well, they, yeah, that's a fucking great idea. Um, I'll definitely peep it at some point. It, that's the spot that used to be PB Bar and Grill, isn't it? I have no idea. I haven't been down to PB in fucking years. I kind of try to avoid it. <laughs> yeah. I don't drive down there at all. Yeah. I try not to go because that place sucks. There's some cool spots, but not it's, that it's, cool. Yeah. No. It's not really worth it because you have to like struggle to find parking. You got to deal with drunk college kids everywhere and like nothing down there is cheap enough to even like garner my attention right like right you're still paying fucking ten dollars for a well drink wherever you go yeah i think there's one spot i know of that did dollar sake bombs but then i found another spot that just does dollar sake two dollar beers like why would i bother being forced to mix this with your mediocre overpriced sushi when i can go to a better place that doesn't have these crowds and the drinks are better anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. No. Doesn't, doesn't make sense. Not super down. However, Barrel Republic could be cool. Yeah, I'll check it out. Yeah, I might take my next date there. Yeah. Samurai Jack the Face Ripper asks, You guys going to take part in the Dick Show Grand Prick MTG tournament? Yeah, I spelled that right. Uh, this is the first I'm hearing of it, and I'll look into it. And I, shit, I might do it. I don't play magic at no. all, uh, so no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's fair. I, yeah, I, I haven't played competitively in a bit, but when I did, I was pretty solid. So, yeah, I might. And that does it for questions this week. Thanks, everybody, for writing in. Uh, we'll have a big announcement next week for the show. Yeah. Um, it's going to have to do with episode 100 Ooh. and yeah, it's, it's going to be a fucking good time dog. So, uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks for writing in. Thanks everybody for listening. You can follow the show on Twitter at X real nerd hours. You can follow me on Twitter at that Denzel. You can follow Chet on Twitter at Bushido Brown SD. Excellent. Uh, you can Join us on the subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash real nerd hours. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash real nerd hours podcast and groups slash real nerd hours podcast. And you can support the show on patreon.com slash real nerd hours. Yeah. Uh, thanks everybody for listening and we'll see you next Thursday. Y'all have a good night.